All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is October 10th of 2022, Monday. Got a Monday night football slate tonight. And for those of you who are longtime viewers of the show, I'm sure you're happy to see <laughs> your very own Jordan Chan back again. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm good. Excited to be back. Um, excited for the game here tonight. Um, yeah, I wanted to to join and and hop in here today. I noticed um, that there were a couple questions in our queue here um, about a new rule type we added and like particularly how to to use this. So um, just thought I'd come on and, and talk a little bit about it here. Um, so if you uh, missed it, um, we added a new rule type over the weekend here to the the new lineup rules section of the app. Um, and it is called an aggregate rule. Uh, so what an aggregate rule basically does is it lets you, you know, take the different metrics here uh, that you might see on the home screen, like different player stats and, and different, like, um, you know, all kinds of different stuff in here and then create rules about how much or how little those certain stats need to have in your lineup. So like a very basic one, and this is the one that just pops up by default is you might say something like, you know, the overall ownership projection sum of a lineup needs to be, you know, a hundred points or something like that. Right. Um, that's the kind of rule that I think people might use in here. I mean, I think there are some other more creative ones that you could do um, that. I think I, I could see people doing, um, you know, potentially uh, status doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, you, there's a variety of ways that you can get creative with different rules here. I'm sure, you know, other people have some other ideas here. Um, but the one I like particularly wanted to dive into and that there were specifically some questions about was an ownership product rule. Um, there were some questions about how that might be used, uh, when you might want to use that, why you might want to use that. So I just kind of wanted to do like just like a whole qu quick little like, I don't know, walk through on ownership product and what it's used for and like, and how to use it within this new tool. So um, I'll just go ahead and, and, and just kind of walk through. So first of all, the reason why this is a thing, the reason why anybody's even going to worry about ownership product in general is mostly as a way to limit the number of dupes or to control the number of dupes they're going to get in their lineups in sports where that matters. So uh, NFL Showdown is an example. Um, MMA is a really good example, probably the best example of using this. Um, tennis kind of works as well. Like even something like NASCAR or golf, I think there's a, any anytime dupes are a concern. Uh, and the reason why ownership product basically works here um, is you're, you're basically borrowing this equation that approximates the probability of multiple independent events occurring. Right. So the, that that equation is the product of the individual probabilities of each event times the number and events is the wrong way to say this times the number of like times that plays out. And basically what you're doing here is you're basically saying in the example of DFS, you, you could say something like the ownership product times the contest size will approximate the number of times you might expect that to be duplicated in the contest. And the reason why this kind of works is you're basically saying, you know, uh, independent independent event one is, you know, playing Mahomes at captain, right? Independent event two is playing Kelsey flex, right? And the ownership projections at that point can be thought of as probabilities of those events happening. I'm sure there's people listening already that are like, whoa, 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 hold on. Somebody playing Mahomes at captain is not independent from them playing F Kelsey at flex or vice versa. And you're right. That is an assumption that we have to make to make this work, right? That's kind of why, 
that's that's you you have to accept the error in that to make this work. Uh, but for now, we're going to assume that they are right. So that's the idea behind it. Is basically you can say you know ownership product times the number of people in the contest is is going to approximate the number of dupes. So from there, you can kind of then flip this on its head here and basically say you know what should my ownership product be to get my number of dupes to a certain contest size or to, to get my number of dupes to a certain level for a given contest size, right? So you might say, for example, uh, desired ownership product is, you know, if I want one dupe, if I want my lineups to be duped one time each, I want a unique lineup, basically. And the contest is 15,000, right? This number will approximate the overall ownership or that th this number is basically the the ownership product you should be shooting for, right? So, Andrew, am I doing a good, decent job at this point here? Uh, any any questions that you have here? I, I I wanted to start from like ground zero of this concept, um, and then we can talk more about practically how it actually like you might use it on SaberSim. Yeah, no, I think your explanation so far is is pretty good. I think it'll make a lot more sense for for the people once you start okay. like showing it in app. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. The the one other thing, and, and we'll and then we'll get to the in-app. So this is fine, right? Like the, we're at a good point here, right? This makes sense. The the problem is that this number is going to be a very small number if you're using the well, this number is just going to be very small, right? Like kind of unwieldy to use. It's not very easy to like enter into something. Whatever this actually is, one, you know, in this particular example, one divided by fifteen thousand, right, is point zero 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 zero. Then six repeating, right? Not very easy to enter in. So. That is also why we added in this geometric mean, which is a going to help us give us a better way of using that ownership product in a way that's a little bit more useful here. So the geometric mean can be is basically it's an alternative average to something like the arithmetic mean, right? So an arithmetic mean or, or what is traditionally called an average is the sum of, for DFS purposes, all player ownership, right, in the lineup divided by number of players in the lineup, right? The geometric mean, and why we use the geometric mean in this situation, uses the ownership product as an input. So the geometric mean is the uh, product. You have of, the equation underneath. Oh, I do. Uh, oh yeah, it's just flipped the other direction. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the geometric mean is the ownership product to the one divided by the number of players in the lineup power, right? And why this ends up being super useful is something that we can actually use here is because it ends up, our number ends up being a lot easier to write. So for example, this is our desired ownership product in this hypothetical example, right? Our geometric mean of this number would be this to the one divided by six. There are six players in a DFS in a DFS showdown lineup power, which means our geometric mean here is 20.1, right? Keeping in mind here, SaberSim, I'm doing this calculation using the percentages, 20%. SaberSim is using the actual numbers here. So to kind of sum up what we have done here, what we have essentially calculated is we have calculated what is our maximum geometric mean of a lineup for a contest that has 15,000 entries in it for which we want to play lineups that are likely to be unique, right? So that is essentially what we have actually done. So Jordan, um, I think what would be helpful is like, if we took one scenario and then 
showed how to plug in product and then showed how to plug in geometric and just kind of show like what the differences are. It sounds like we want to encourage people to use geometric because it's a little bit simpler, like to the eye. But yeah. I think like if we just kind of gave that overview, like one time, I think that would help a lot of people. We could always reference this video for the difference and in, in how the two work. Yep. So let's let's do an example here. So we'll we'll do an actual example for tonight's slate. We'll run a couple builds, and then I specifically I want to make sure I come back to talking about like wh where to be cautious of this. Um, and before we even jump in, I want to preface this by saying this falls very much under the category of you do not have to do this by any means. This is not like necessary to be successful playing showdown or MMA. This is more of an advanced strategy. And this is also not perfect in and of itself. There are there are problems with this approach that I'll talk about here in a second. But let's just hypothetically say that you are playing the Millie Maker for tonight. That has 176,400 entries. And you want to make sure each of your lineups is duped five or less times, right? So let's actually go in. Did I delete that? I did delete it. That's okay. So we can use basically this kind of equation here to calculate out what that geometric mean is. So we'll fill this in and we'll basically say, we want five max dupes in a contest that has 176,400 people in it, right? And we're going to take that to the one divided by six power because, again, a DraftKings showdown lineup has one, has six players in it, right? So we can actually then calculate that and do it here. And then take this to the one divided by six. And this gives us our average geometric mean that the lineup needs to be under to make sure that we have five or less dupes for our millimaker lineups. So it's 17. Again, make sure to convert it to the way Saversim reads ownership, which is in the whole number. So we would say my own geometric mean no more than 17.6. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's my 17.5. Uh, right. Yeah, and now we can save that. So now let's actually run the build, right? So what we're what we're going to do is basically based on this equation, uh, we're we're going to build lineups that have are going to be duplicated in theory, uh, or with an expectation of being duplicated five or less times uh, in in the pool. And let's let's actually like run this and just kind of see what we get. So building the suspense. Yeah. Okay. So what do we get here, right? Like what comes out of this on the other side? As you like might have been able to guess, we are getting lineups that are have very low ownership captains, right? Uh, probably often if we are playing a lineup with a higher owned captain, probably like multiple or otherwise very low owned players in there, right? And that might be fine. That's that like maybe you're okay with that. We have basically asked Saberson using this calculation to build lineups that are going to have five or less dupes in the millie, which is a huge contest, right? Like this, these lineups look the way we would probably have expected them to uh, based on that calculation. They are not at this point sim optimals. They are sim optimals that have been kind of adjusted to fit this geometric mean calculation that we have requested here. So what I would end up looking at here is like, I think there's a couple things. I think like once you start going down this path, if you start making adjustments in this way, I would feel comfortable and like be actually even almost encourage you to make more adjustments to make the lineups look the way you want because you've kind of already broken the seal of perfect sim optimals, right? Like we've we've 
we're not, we don't, these aren't necessarily perfect optimals from Sims now. They are dupe adjusted Sim optimals. So we should now select, I would say, more like lineups that we think have more upside from this pool. So there's a couple different ways you can do that. Um, what I have been experimenting with doing this year is limiting my player pool a little bit to try to force the builder to find better overall quality lineups while also still being under that dupe threshold. So one way you can do that is setting like a captain filter. So maybe you go in here and say, you know, what is the lowest projected captain that I'm after actually comfortable playing with? And maybe it's like Waller at 16 points, right? We can set a filter here and say, only use captains above the 16 point threshold. And we could also go into the flex here and say, you know, like what flexes am I comfortable using? Because since this is just a mathematical equation, players like Keelan Cole, who is projected for a half point of ownership, and players like, uh, you know, Jody Fortson Captain, who is projected for uh, 0.2, 0.15% ownership, make it very easy for the builder to satisfy the mathematical constraints. So I'm basically trying to limit it from having those easy outs. So what we can do here is do, uh, you know, maybe we do uh, also a flex rule and say flexes must have at least one point projection. And now we and build Jordan, again. I just want to, or I'll, I'll talk while you build, Yeah, yeah. but you know, like a comment here from Neil saying these captains look gross. I'm going to take Shady's device and actually do some more research before I decide if I want to implement this into my process, but mm -hmm. I can see how this can be very helpful. So, you know, right off the bat, if you implement it, like you're saying, like now you've already turned left off of like the straight and narrow, like yeah. you still need to like drive the car, even though exactly you're left because Saber Sim won't know what to do like what what is the best thing for you to do so the way neil is saying like these captains look gross you're like i know these look gross and this is only one step down the new path and you really need to take all the steps if you're going to travel this path that is a, yes that is the exact way as exact way i would put it right like if you this then that's why i would describe this as a more advanced strategy because it's not going to be i give you the equation you put it in and you're just better off right this is kind of this is basically yeah exactly like you're you're uh putting it into into manual a little bit and basically saying i want to adjust for dupes and i'm going to make some other adjustments to make sure that the lineups end up the right way on the other side and this is one way you can do that right like to this point of these captains look gross well if we go in then and edit our captain pool right and our and our even our flex pool a little bit, we can solve that problem. And now what are we getting? Well, the way that SaberSim is going to take you now is it's going to take you to like fade the chalkiest best projected captains, the quarterback, uh, the quarterbacks, Kelsey. You know, we're only getting. Let's actually look at like the top fifty lineups here, right? Like we're under on these guys, right? And where we're getting over the field is on the. Auxiliary pass catchers, right? MVS, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, you know, Juju, who looks like aren't going to get his own. And then pairing that player with generally like some other lower owned flex that's probably going to see the field. And then we arrive at a lineup that also has a less than 5% chance to be, or not less than five, sorry, a the expectation is that it will be duped five or less times. So this kind of, this is, I think, like one way to, to use this. Um, I want to talk about two issues I see with this approach. There's kind of two things that I think there's two like assumptions or, or things that you should be aware of. Um, have there been any other questions or Andrew, do you have any other questions here for me uh, before I kind of keep going forward with that? 
I'll, I'll just um, say, you know, one thing is like, if you're scrolling through your lineups at the moment, there's no way to like rank your, your geometric mean lineups. So Jordan are, if I, if I put in a rule, like the 17.5 geometric mean, are these lineups descending from that mean or like they're all kind of random at the moment? So there's no way to, uh, yeah. So they're sorted by Sabre score still. Okay. So um, there is no way at right now on the advanced plan to sort by geometric mean. Um, in the upcoming update with the pro plan, uh, there is a way to incorporate geometric mean into your sorting methods here um, and do some other cool stuff that way. So um, that's coming, um, but not not at the moment. Gotcha. And, and there's a comment in the YouTube channel that I just want to touch on. So it says, um, you know, I, I'm sorry I'm driving so I can only listen. Is Saberson literally going to show the chances of the lineup being duped? And I think this is a good spot for us to just make a clarification. So if you want to jump in. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's very, it's not uh, going to show that or calculate the number of dupes. But basically, we've we've added a tool that allows you to kind of control how many dupes you want, roughly speaking, right? Like you can. This is this is one equation that can approximate number of dupes, right? And you now have the ability to set this ahead of time to make sure that your lineups are all under a certain threshold. Um, and I, again, I mean, the one thing I should like clarify and be very explicit about here is that this is an approximation, right? This is this is just a, a basic formula that you can use to, to roughly estimate chances of being duped. This is not the end-all be-all of dupe approximation. Uh, this is not the best possible way you could do this. There are more sophisticated methods, but this is like a decent way of using ownership product to um, avoid dupes potentially, so... Right. Just, just a clarification I wanted the, the people to hear. Yeah. So let me, I want to talk a little bit about a couple things to just be aware of reasons why that you should be concerned, like be approached with caution here. Uh, and also then kind of what I think is the best way to actually do this. So the first, uh, and I, I hinted at it before is that this whole thing, this whole system is basically is based on the equation for assessing the probability of a bunch of independent events of happening. So in this case, we're treating player uh, somebody using Mahomes at their captain uh, and using Kelsey in their flex as independent. That they don't, they are not. One does not affect the other, which is definitely not true, right? Somebody playing Mahomes in their captain spot is much more likely to use Kelsey as a flex, or they're so, they're somewhat more likely, right? It's not independent. So it's a correlation agnostic equation exactly we're assuming that it is all perfectly uncorrelated the other thing is that there are like human psychology elements at play here right if you followed this equation through you would probably find that there is some thirty-three thousand total salary that's likely to have like 25 dupes purely based on this equation people are not likely to play salaries that low so that that lineup is probably going to be duped far less than this equation would imply um the, the correlation component, that is why at the start of this, when I started talking, I mentioned MMA is like the best example for this. Because in MMA, since the players are uncorrelated with each other, at least assuming that they're not in the same fight, generally people using those players in their lineups is also more or less correlated. So this equation actually gets better for sports like MMA, golf, 
uh, tennis, NASCAR, where using one player in a lineup is less likely to affect somebody to use another player in their lineup. So be aware of that, right? That is a limitation of this. That is a source of error for going through this route. The other one, and probably the more like interesting question here is, and this is basically the one where there's been like a ton of debate on Twitter for the past two weeks about like limiting your dupes is not necessarily making you build better lineups in a vacuum, right? A lineup that has five dupes is not like a hundred percent of the time inherently better than a lineup that has 10 dupes because there needs to be some, uh, there needs to be some, uh, part of the, the calculation needs to be how likely is that lineup to win, right? Like if that lineup that has 10 dupes is far and away more likely to win than a lineup that has five, then maybe the lineup that has 10 dupes is actually a higher expected value lineup. Handicapping your builds like this and basically saying just hard capping your geometric mean of a lineup is a really blunt tool that doesn't necessarily mean that the lineups you're getting on the other side are better. What I would do, the best way I think I would actually end up doing this is instead of trying to use this as a tool to get 100% unique lineups, I think this is best used as a way to filter out your extremely chalky, heavily duped builds. So coming back to our equation here, instead of even saying I want five or less dupes in the Millie Maker, I think a better way of using this would be Say I want 20 or less dupes in the millimaker or 25 or less dupes in the millimaker, right? Where we're not saying I, we're not saying this is the only thing I am doing to try to get unique lineups and I'm putting this rule in and printing and I'm going on my way. This is more like, I don't want to play a lineup that's going to be duped 500 times, right? Because those are the ones where your EV craters and you have like really bad looking lineups. So if we come back here and run this again, right? What we can do is instead say, let's say 20 dupes, right? And it's 176,000. We're going back and doing this equation one more time through. And we can do one divided by six. This number is now 22. So we can come back here, change this, which you can see will give us a little bit more room. And what we'll see is that our lineups on the other side are likely to look a little bit better. Um, they're less brute forcing trying to get unique lineups at all costs through this formula. And instead, just chopping off the very top end of like what are going to be the lineups that are going to be duped a ton based on ownership product. Uh, and we should end up with an, a better outcome on the other side. And you'll see they're still going to probably take advantage of some lower owned punt type plays. Uh, they're still going to take advantage of some just lower owned captains in general. But it's less, you know, Jody Fortson, Noah Gray captain, <laughs> less yeah. like three guys, less like, you know. Less lineups where you're playing, you know, three guys all projected less for under under a point and things like that. So. so it sounds like, you know, what you're kind of suggesting is like, don't use this as like a way to get what you want. Use it as a way to avoid getting what you don't want yep. and use it as like a guardrail. In I, sense. That is, yep. And that's exactly what, yeah, I think that's well said. Um, that's really well said. And I think that's probably the best way of doing it is getting rid of those lineups in your pool that are going to be duped a ton because nobody wants that, right? Like I think there is maybe a little bit of an obsession with getting totally unique lineups lately, like in the DFS industry. Um, but the ones you really don't want are the lineups that are duped hundreds of times, 500 times, 100, 100 times, like, you know, thousand times. I think sometimes on some of these slates, you can get that in the, the really large field stuff. So chopping those off the top, I think can help a lot. And that's how I'd recommend recommend going about this. And then the other thing to remember is just remembering the assumption of what, of why this, this formula works and what it doesn't do very well. 
right? Like your your lineups, your lineups may assume that combinations of Mahomes plus Kelsey are less likely to be duped than they actually are because people are going to play those two players together frequently, right? Um, so, you know, this is a just as an example, right? This is a lineup that actually might end up being duped more than we estimate because it is a 3-3, which is a popular build. It is a Chiefs captain with Mahomes in the lineup and then another Chiefs player. And then it is two Raiders pass catchers with Carr, right? This is like a, and it is 49-6 salary. So this, based on the ownership product calculation, this is going to be duped less than five times, mostly because of MVS and Sky Moore. But based on what we kind of know, based on our intuition, this might end up coming in 10 dupes or something like that or, or more. Um, and the opposite is true too, you know? So um, but I wonder if there's like some other lineup in here. You know, here's one that maybe is less likely to be duped because it has a Chiefs captain plus Raiders defense plus Mahomes. So... Um, so, so Jordan, um, you know, a couple questions that yeah. I, I think will be useful for everybody. So can, can you give us a quick overview of how to set a product ownership rule mm -hmm. in the app? And then, and then my next question is, you know, if, if somebody doesn't know how to set a geometric mean, do we have like a resource in like our sport docs that like kind of has this equation where they can, they can learn like a little bit about it or like, like, like what you're showing on the screen in like a help doc. So like, okay, if I wanted to mess with this, this is how I would go about doing it because I don't think like geometric mean in and of itself is like the most self-explainable thing. in Yeah. The yeah. Uh, it's not, there's no, there's no help docs at the moment. I can, um, I can look at like getting an article posted there. Um, just so we have this record, I would say, yeah, I mean, like take, take your screenshot, right. If you're watching yeah, along yeah. and you want to save it, um, <laughs> we used to have watch... the greatest hits, right? Yeah. 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 Like That's actually not a bad idea. Hits. Yeah. Um, and you know, review this often. Um, I, I think, you know, I did this for a couple showdowns this weekend and I think once you, you know, get the, uh, why this works, right. Right. Once you get what the equation actually is, it's a little bit easier to remember. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, again, kind of like, just like, you know, we'll do it one more time so I can kind of walk through it. It's, a, it's an aggregate rule is what we're calling it. Right. And what you would want to do in this case is you would set your ownership geometric mean of the lineup to a maximum of what you calculate based on the contest that you're playing and the number of dupes you want. So it is always dupes over contest size to the one over the number of players in the lineup power. So it's generally six. This is almost, I mean, this is for NFL showdown. This is always six. So I mean, you could do this for anything. You know, if you were playing, you could do this for small field, right? Like, let's say you're playing a, let's say you're playing the, um, I know there's a $2.20 max that has 6,000 entrants. I think that's actually a pretty fun contest to play. Um, and you could do in that one, maybe you say, I do want a unique lineup. So you could do five divided by six. I think it's actually 59.45, something like that to the um, one divided by six power. Right. So, or let's actually do one here. So you can do one divided by 59.45 to the one over six. Right. So you can see in this case, and it, it kind of actually will also kind of, you know, start to teach you how, how hard it is to get unique and different sized contests. Right. Like to get a unique lineup in the, uh, 20 max, the, the $2.20 max, the 59,000 or 5,900 entrant contests requires a 
higher geometric mean than getting 20 uniques in the mini in the millimaker, right? You can kind of see how this starts to come together. So we could put that in, um, and then there's our there's our rule. So, um, but so I think like the way we've kind of you specifically have like shown how to use this geometric mean with like okay, pick a number that you're comfortable with, you know, do this based on your contest size and kind of kind of work backwards from that, right? I think I think you know we we show like some ownership in the app but i think like product ownership in and of itself is still like a little gray are we just like kind of saying geometric mean is better or do we have like do you have anything i know you're like a showdown grinder you know when this question came in i talked to jordan and yeah you know, jordan is somebody who like plays all the showdowns so he was like really excited to come on and talk to you guys about this so this is why i'm kind of deferring these things to him because this is his bread and butter but you know as far as like product ownership do you have any rules of thumb or heuristics or numbers that like in your range that you like yeah it's an interesting it's that's tough question um i would say you know, it's, it depends. It really, it depends a lot about how big the contest you're actually playing is. If you're playing really large field stuff, like if you're, if your contests have, I would say greater than 50,000 total lineups, right? Like the same way we think about the sliders here, right? Like if you're playing the largest field contest greater than 50,000, I would use this more as the way I described where I'm trying instead to just limit lineups from getting a ton of dupes. So I would probably plug into my calculator, into my equation, like, max dupes 20 or something like that then do the contest size then calculate it out that way and then just mostly use it as a tool to get lineups that are not going to be super duped if you're playing smaller field if you're playing single entry three max if you're playing the smaller 20 max kinds of contests anything i would say under that fifty thousand total lineups or under especially like ten thousand total lineups then i think this actually becomes an interesting or somewhat useful tool to actually try to get a unique build like if you're playing a single lineup or, you know, I think that $2.20 max is a really good example of the contest I'm talking about. Then I think you could approach this instead and, and do something like this. So I think it depends a lot on the size of your contest. Either way, if you are uncomfortable with this completely, if you're like, man, I don't understand what this guy's saying. I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. I probably wouldn't even worry about this. This isn't a big, this isn't a huge deal. I would instead use more of the heuristics of game script that I've talked about before as a way to get unique, right? Flip the script on its head, play, you know, limit your player pool to less chalky captains, that kind of stuff. The tough stuff I've talked about on Office Hours a ton. Uh, if you are going to go down this route or you're at least going to experiment with it, spend extra time studying the lineups on the other side and seeing if you need to make any other changes, right? If I did this, for example, for this very first build we did, I would look at this captain pool and be a little bit like, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if this is this is the the way I want to tackle this slate. Top five captains, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, Justin Watson, Brandon Bolden, Sky Moore, right? That's not then what I did is I instead went, I went and limited my captain pool to get a better, you know, pool of captains that I actually wanted to play and try it again. So those are kind of my heuristics, right? I would say super large field, use this more about chopping off the super highly owned duped lineups. Smaller field, you can use it more to actually get unique and make sure you're studying your lineups on the other side, no matter what, because this is a mathematical, this is purely a math thing. And you need to apply some kind of like DFS I at the end of this to make sure it's doing the job in the way that you expect it to. So 
I mean, I think that sounds great. Really appreciate you coming on and yeah. you know, giving this explanation. It's been uh, 32 minutes and we're still talking about product ownership and uh, geometric mean, but you know, it's a new feature. Uh, you know, we really didn't like release like a lot of information with it. So I think this was like really good to have you on and have this back and forth and kind of just explain like what it is. Do you have to use it? Which is no, but how do you use it if you want to apply some of these more advanced strategies and, and how do you apply it without making a turn for the worse with your lineups? Right. So, yeah. And if anyone has any questions for me on this, like, you know, let me, like you can, you know, at me in the discord channel. I'm happy to like try to answer some follow-up questions. I'm sure, sure some people will catch the recording of this as well and have some questions for me. So, but anyway, um, good opportunity to try it out tonight. We have a good, good showdown game here. So, um, yeah, that's all I've got. So, all right, Jordan, uh, we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled office hours. I know a lot of people tuned in to hear about the max challenge for this last week. So we'll let you go. Happy to have you stop by. You're welcome to stop by anytime. See you, everybody. All right. So I hope everybody enjoyed hearing Jordan talk about product ownership, geometric mean, uh, really insightful, a lot of awesome, awesome ideas and concepts. And, you know, I just kind of want to like reiterate that, you know, these, some of these new features that we're adding are not necessary to use, but we do want to allow people to use advanced concepts and ideas in the app. We think that SaberSim is a home for advanced players, which includes just basically in a nutshell, anybody who is just uh, trying to level up and take DFS seriously and is like putting a lot of time and effort into their DFS process. And, you know, we want to give people the opportunities to do new things, learn new concepts, apply new features in the app. So this is just one of those things that we're adding. It's not necessary for anyone to use, but it uh, has some awesome potential. And if you are familiar with a lot of the concepts that Jordan's talking about, I think you can totally take advantage of this tool in the right way. So that being said, everybody, we're going to get back to normal office hours. I know a lot of people tuned in to hear about the weekly max challenge. So mm -hmm. we're going to start with our trusty wheel of names. And if for those who do not know what the weekly max challenge is, I will bring it up on screen and tell you all about it. So one second here. All right. The weekly max challenge It is a contest where we are doing a giveaway centered around the Minimax contest on DraftKings. You can enter this contest, our, our, our giveaway, following these rules. So making your logo in the app, the SaberSim avatar, which you can find here. You're going to fill out this form so we know you're participating. And you're going to max out the Minimax every Sunday. You can max out any of the Minimax contests that open. And what this does is you are eligible for all of these awesome prizes. If you are just hearing about this for the first time now, you are not too late. Please still sign up. If you play the Minimax for 10 weeks, you get these awesome prizes, cups, free Saber Sim. If you are the highest scoring player on any given week, you can get a free month of Saber Sim t-shirt, entry to our end of the season free roll. If you win the Minimax on any week, you get one year free of Saber Sim, a custom championship belt, 
which somebody won two weeks ago. Awesome, awesome thing. Getting that on order. Really cool. And we also have end of the season prizes. So if you're not familiar with it, get in on the action. You can find this link in our Discord channel. The link to the Discord is down below. We have this uh, linked in the NFL Discord channel. So highly recommend getting in on it if you are not. I know a lot of people are still participating each and every week. Really awesome to see. So with that being said, we are going to pull in the winners from this week. Or I'm sorry, not the winners, the participants. And a list of participants can be found in the NFL channel. It is pinned. So that way, if you want to check to make sure that you are participating, you can totally do that. So, and it was in the link to the office hours uh, going live message as well. So we update that every week, make sure that nobody gets left behind, totally transparent about who is in on it and who is not. So let me bring this up. All right. So I'm going to bring up the screen with the names. So wheel of names. This is everyone who was in for this week. We're going to hit the shuffle a couple times here. And then we are going to run it. So this is for free tickets to next week's Minimax contest. And the winner is the Phantom One. Congratulations. We will reach out to you and get an email out letting you know you've won. And we'll get you those tickets before next week. One other thing to touch on is our highest scoring winner for this week was one second here. I'm not seeing it on my trusty sheet. So I am going to pull it up over here. Sorry for the lack of suspense, but the highest scorer was Kelvin Dubs. Kelvin Dubs, you are the highest scorer in the Minimax. Congratulations. You will get these awesome prizes here. Top finisher, one free month, a t-shirt, and an entry into the end of the season free roll. We will reach out to you as well, Kelvin Dubs. Good job and continue and continue to participate. We hope to see another winner before the end of the season. So, all right, everybody. We had a lengthy conversation about product ownership, knocked out our max challenge stuff. Let's get into the rest of the questions here. And it looks like the... Next question we had that did not talk about product ownership. Oh, you know what? We have a couple of housekeeping items to touch on before we get started. So I do want to touch on those. There were a couple of questions that came in last week that I owed responses for. So somebody asked about, you know, all the changes that we've been having in the app and, you know, a su potential summary of that. I think the best way to get information about things changing is in our Discord, there's a channel called Release Notes. Our development team sends all the notes about any and all updates. So like this rule aggregate for the geometric mean and product ownership came out over the weekend. Wasn't really a lot of talk about it, but if you're in the Discord and you were in the, you see the Release Notes channel, all of the changes are summarized in there. It's the best source of information straight from the people building the stuff. So would recommend checking that out. There was a question about if I were to do any back testing now that the builder has been updated. If I do any back testing on previous slates, is this now done with a new builder logic? The question is 
The answer is yes. Any backtesting is now done with the new builder logic. The logic that you used to do the building with at the time has is is overwritten now. And so it won't be the same as like when you built it. So one more housekeeping item there. And the last thing is that tomorrow at noon Eastern, we are having a special stream. Jordan is going to be interviewing a member of the community who is an NHL specialist. If you've been in the community for a little while now, you probably know the name Mr. Clean. And uh, he will be on with Jordan tomorrow on a live stream to talk about NHL. So if you guys have any NHL specific questions, I would get them into the office hours channel. Now I will skip most of them and let the two experts talk about it on tomorrow's stream. I don't know if Jordan will be happy with it, with me calling him an expert, but nevertheless, Jordan and Mr. Clean will be on tomorrow to talk about those questions so get them in now i'll skip them and let them answer them for the most part but just wanted to let you guys know special stream tomorrow be ready for it so um and and you know we'll send out notifications and all that good stuff so all right moving on and jumping into the questions from today there is a question in the chat in discord here from john and John, I saw you had some uh, success this weekend. Congratulations. I know you're in here at, asking questions all the time. So happy to hear that people in the community spending time trying to learn, trying to get better, having good conversations in office hours and Discord are, are having success. So, all right, here we go. Will there ever be a way to compare the Sabre score of different build types? Basically, I was wondering if there is a good way currently to see the different impact on quality of lineups you set different ownership products. So... John, Sabre score is always standardized to 100. Every single build is treated differently because it's only comparing the lineups in that build to each other. There is no like metric we have for comparing lineups like across builds. They don't interact. So the answer to your question is no. You can't really like look at the Sabre score from one lineup in one contest and then compare it to the Sabre score of a lineup in a different contest because those sim buckets are completely different and, and random and don't interact with each other. So, all right, looks like a follow-up to that question from John. And this says, was wondering if you have any info on this. I already reported yesterday, by the way. Does the fill entries not save correctly if you fill after each build like I filled each contest after doing each build? but it looks like it only filled my last set of lineups properly. All my other contests reverted back to my filler lineup, even after previously filling them. So John, happy to hear that you reported a problem on this. Not really sure what was going on there. What I can tell you is that, you know, if I don't have a build for this slate, so let's go back to maybe week four, we can mess around here. Okay. Boom. We have one for this. So, you know, I have some entries here. So if we go into a build, we can act like we're filling it. But one one thing that I would just check, I'm sure you're already doing this, but it's like when you when you fill from one build, make sure that you're like checking and unchecking the contest that you want the build to be used for, or else the builds that are here will get overwritten. So like you can see like all these were filled from one build. 
if I wanted to use, you know, this one in E2 for some, and then this one with 50 lineups for another, I would make sure to uncheck all of those other contests and then come in here and fill for this one that was made from 50 lineups. And then you'll see that those get filled. So not sure exactly what's going on. I'm sure the support team will get back to you. And I uh, just wanted to, you know, maybe try and help if I could before, uh, before tonight's late. So just make sure, you know, you're picking the contests that you want to fill correctly and then un like unchecking them before you fill the next build. So that's that's what I got there. Moving over to YouTube chat. A lot of questions were coming in while Jordan and I were talking. So going to hit this one from Patrick. Have you guys updated the build speed for NHL? Just doing some test builds with no rules and still running last year's speed. So Patrick, I can tell you that, you know, we are always constantly working on improving build speed like across the app. I think that the team made a lot of improvements to the way the NFL builder was working this last Sunday. I am pretty sure that it is not sports specific as far as that goes. So I would uh, check out if you guys go to the settings and then you go to help here, Jordan mm -hmm. released a really cool video this week talking about slow builds. So if you go, up into those articles and then you go type in slow builds you're going to get this how to fix a slow build i think it's an awesome resource when you're having a lot of trouble with builds taking a long time i would highly recommend watching this it's a short video with some notes down at the bottom talking it's a three minute video you know gives you some uh step-by-step -step instructions how to how to fix something so really cool watch if you guys are having slow build issues i would check that out all right. Scrolling through here. Question from Fail Mary. Question is, when doing showdown lineups, should I send back my lineups after making heavy exposure changes on a showdown? I'm worried heavy exposure edits change too much pre-build. So Fail Mary, I think it's like a fair question for sure, especially when doing showdown. So I'm going to hover back to tonight's slate and we could talk about it here. I think that, you know, it's totally okay to make a lot of changes. I don't think that it's it's like the wrong thing to do or that you shouldn't do it. I just think that you should make those changes very intentionally and you should know that every time you make those changes, you're you're potentially like moving away from what SaberSim is telling you and on a showdown slate where the game only gets played one time and it's one game, and we're using sim, uh, sim diversity 10, which is just one lineup that you should be like a little cautious, which is kind of what Jordan was talking about with his uh, demo of like product ownership and geometric mean. It's like once you break that seal of optimal lineups, then, you know, you're, you're going that way. Like you should continue to go all the way. So it's like, you know, if you want to set, if you have like 10 exposure changes in mind, and you, you only do like three because you're worried about making too many changes. I think that's like the wrong way to think about it. You should just make all the changes you want based on the strategy that you're going into the slate with because you want to like capture everything you're trying to capture all at once without forgetting anything. I think your lineups will probably be better because you're not going to say, uh, you know, only give me ex-captains from like this group of players 
and then make the rest of my lineup look terrible. I think that, you know, you're going to make some captain exposure edits and then you're going to make some flex exposure edits. And then you're going to like intuitively check your lineups for construction without letting the builder lead you astray. So I think that's like kind of what Jordan was getting at. That's kind of the same approach. Like I want to give to you is like, don't only make a couple changes with like a game plan in mind. If you have like a game plan in mind, tell SaberSim your entire game plan, give it as many edits as you need to give it and then see what those lineups come out as. So if I were, if I were in your position talking about heavy exposure changes, that's, that's how I would think about it. So let me know if you have any follow up there. Okay. Ryan asked the NHL question. I'll uh, touch on it really quickly. So love that NHL is back. Any plans to add player data with the other sports? So Ryan, I believe like we should have stats based on our Sims. So anytime we have Sims for a sport, you should be able to see the stats. So if we go in here, hmm, interesting. Okay. I didn't know that these aren't in here. I will check and have them touch on that tomorrow if that is going to be in there or not. So sim stat data for NHL. Make it a quick note. I'll follow up and then they can touch on it tomorrow to see if that's there. So any like YouTube chat, NHL things, I'll make sure to note, write down. I'll throw it in the queue for tomorrow myself. But if you guys have anything like live, let me know if you guys are in the, if are you guys are in the discord, throw it in the office hours channel and to make sure it doesn't get missed. All right. Next question from Lewis. Can I get an example of how to set a rule to include a certain quarterback in every lineup for a certain pass catcher example, every captain lineup with Travis Kelsey includes Mahomes in the flex. So yes, I can definitely show you how to do this. So let's go back to NFL. We'll talk about tonight's, showdown slate and if you were to go over here to lineup rules and you add a new rule you go to a group rule and then you're going to say if at exactly one and then in this primary player you're going to put travis kelsey because you want you want to say if i use kelsey and the captain i need to use Mahomes and the flex so then if kelsey then use exactly one secondary player and then your secondary player is going to be flex Patrick Mahomes. And then you would just save this as a rule. So now every time you get Kelsey and the captain, you're going to get Mahomes in the flex. That's how you accomplish that. You can do it for any group of players that you like. All right. Next question from Demetrius says, do you recommend using the unique or lowering the exposure to the players? So uh, Demetrius, not sure exactly what you're asking. I think, that you know maybe this was referring to like our product ownership conversation so if you have a another question in regards to that just throw it in the queue again and i'll get back to it but need a little clarification there all right next question from steven hamilton said this is off topic but outside of actual money results how are you calculating success of a player with a small sample size the number of lineups that finish in the top percentiles of gpps so I think that's definitely a good way to do it. And what we're referring to for, for those who like aren't sure is like your top 1% equity. So essentially it's like for every hundred lineups you have on average, you get one of those lineups in the top 100. 
So then what you can do like uh, tools like Roto Tracker do, and you can do this like manually if you wanted to, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can see how many of your entries are ending up in the top 1% of entries for a contest. So if it's a thousand player single entry, then you would be tracking how many times your lineup came in the top 10% or I'm sorry, the, not the top 10%, like the top 10 in the standings. And then that would be like 1% of a thousand entries. So you can use tracking software to see how many times that event occurs. Ideally you want it to occur more times than the average. And that'll kind of be like a signal that you're building good lineups and that those are like strong lineups because the more entries you have in the top 1% of a contest, the more shots you have to like get those exponentially higher payouts, first places, being contests, et cetera. So I think that's definitely a good metric. That's something that I'll check from time to time in my own Roto tracker. I'd say, uh, you know, you can't really go wrong with using top 1% equity as a starting point. So I'm definitely in agreement. You're on the right path there. Okay. Next question from Danny. And Danny said, any FanDuel thoughts on tonight's showdowns? Any tips for builds? Is it better to limit the MVP exposure? So Danny, you know, we could definitely talk about FanDuel a little bit. FanDuel is definitely a different game than DraftKings, just with like the MVPs, not having the 1.5 salary um, multiplier. So, you know, if, if I were building for FanDuel, I would say probably better not to get weird at like the MVP spot just because it's so likely for one of these guys to be in the top just because like their points are getting multiplied, but their salaries aren't getting multiplied to make them more expensive. So there's not that like offsetting factor. So, you know, I think like, even if you, you we ran a build, right? Like we'll just, it's, it's highly likely we're packing in those projected points from the multiplier spot and trying to get different in our flex positions or with our construction of like our stack type, et cetera, something like that. So that's just like how I, I, I think about it off the bat. And, and, you know, we're kind of seeing that. I mean, we have three captains and they're three of the four highest salary players. So I, I don't think getting like weird at the cap at the MVP spot is like, the best spot to get weird at. I think that you could do more in your roster construction in the flex or the, the like different type of stacks that you're using, uh, you know, like going like really heavy one way or something, something along those lines. So that those are my tips for Fandle. I don't play Fandle too much. I know that, you know, some people like it. It's five spots compared to six at DraftKings, but Nothing wrong with playing FanDuel, and so that's how I would try and think about it. All right, so not seeing any more questions coming in, everybody. I know that Jordan and I potentially burned everyone out on the product ownership. Hope we didn't fry anyone's brains. Jordan was frying mine a little bit, but uh, it was a good conversation nonetheless. So if you guys have any last questions you guys want to get in, get those in now. Happy to stick around and talk more about those things. So just a quick reminder, special stream tomorrow, noon Eastern, 
NHL focused. We will still have office hours tomorrow at our regularly scheduled time. So it'll be a double stream. I know we don't have too many of those. So, uh, you know, me taking over the office hours for Jordan has freed Jordan up to do other things and just allow us to, as a team, to bring you guys more content. So happy about that development. Looking forward to the NHL season. I know a lot of people are. And with that being said, still nothing coming in. We'll be right back tomorrow for our regularly scheduled office hours. If you're playing the showdown tonight, good luck, and I will see you guys then. So take care.